This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, August 14th. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, programs aim to accelerate the green energy transition. An Aspen journey. Stoked to shred at Telluride's gate camp. And a mountain weather forecast. But first... San Miguel County Search and Rescue, Telluride Fire Protection District EMS, and Sheriff Deputies conducted a mission last week to rescue a 78-year-old Texas woman who fell off a cliff. According to the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office, the woman was taking photos at an observation lookout area on Last Dollar Road near Hastings Mesa when she stumbled backwards and fell 30 to 40 vertical feet from the cliff edge, landing on scree. First responders determined she had multiple traumatic injuries and took her to a landing zone where a care flight helicopter transported her to St. Mary's Hospital in Grand Junction for care. Roughly a year ago, on August 16th, amidst some drama and suspense on Capitol Hill, the Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law. And it created a lot of incentives for Um, businesses and individuals to either invest or reinvest in the way they use or produce energy um, basically all the way across the country. That's John Hart, Energy Programs Coordinator with EcoAction Partners. Those green energy incentives are one aspect of the landmark legislation which aims to improve the country's economic outlook while also funding a renewable energy transition. Over the last year, governments have been busy organizing programs for home and business owners. A real simple example might be, say, if you wanted to get solar panels. There is federal law, it's a tax law, it's the IRS. So let's say if you spend 20000 bucks on a solar system, and so now you're generating renewable energy and you're offsetting your energy costs with the, your solar panels. You can also claim on your tax statement at the end of the year a refund on that investment. The assortment of incentives and programs make it cheaper than ever, not only to install solar, but to invest in EVs, eco-friendly appliances, heat pumps, induction cooktops, weatherization, and a whole slew of other efficiency improvements. The incentives mostly apply to property owners, but Hart says... But if you're a renter and maybe you're savvy enough, you could go in there and look at the energy upgrade incentives and you can go to the, you know, your homeowner and say, Hey, there's a program coming down the pipe where if you can show that you improve the efficiency of this building by 25%, you can write a third of this cost off. And then everybody saves money on their electric bill. So a little research could go a long way and EcoAction can offer a helping hand. Hart has recently completed an incentives guide on the EcoAction website, which breaks down the available programs and lays out how to get started. Hart continues, It's a work in progress as well. Stuff changes. Um, You know, two weeks ago, um, the federal government finally just released this, what they call guidance. If you buy a high efficiency water heater, they'll give you a rebate so that that appliance will be less expensive. So that just finally got released. The Inflation Reduction Act squeaked through the Senate after it passed the House last year. But Hart says these programs have a pretty universal appeal. There's very few people who don't care about their money, regardless of what their stance is on the environment or greenhouse gases or climate change or how hot the summer is or, you know, 
hurricanes or whatever, right? It's, it's, it's about saving money. And I think that's why this bill was passed. Hart invites everyone to take a look at the guide and just see where their curiosity leads them. I think that it be might be an interesting um, little web surfing experience to go check it out and start opening some things up. There's some information in there as well, not just like here's the incentive. And so I think that's another aspect of this guide that might be helpful. It's just a bunch of good information about these new technologies that are coming out. The guide can be found at ecoactionpartners.org under the incentives tab. Susan Dalton has written books on cities and towns across Colorado, Denver, Durango, Telluride. She always wanted to share the history of Aspen. But I never felt that I had a foot in a door in Aspen. Judy Haas was that person. I felt so honored because I was born and raised in Aspen and I lived there for 55 years and I have many friends there and I know so much about the history of my lifetime. Dalton and Haas live in Telluride. Their new book, Aspen Journey, follows the history of the town from the late 1800s through present day. These are uh, really art books. They're meant to be coffee table books. And you will learn a lot just by flipping through and looking at the pictures and the captions on the pictures. But this is not a heavy read in any case. Um, And yet you'll come away knowing a lot more about Aspen, Telluride, Durango, or Denver than you did before. The book is filled with old photos and maps, postcards and drawings. Haas adds it's equally artistic to informational. I think the book is very artistically done. It's beautiful. It's fun to look through. And as Susan said, you don't have to read every single page. You can look at the pictures and look at the little captions below the pictures. And it will give you a very good idea of the history of Aspen um, from, you know, the, the silver mining days up until today. For Dalton, she loved learning and sharing more information about the 10th Mountain Division and its impact in Aspen and Colorado. My own father was a World War II bomber pilot, so I feel very nostalgic about the World War II stories. And this, for me, is my favorite chapter, actually. And uh, it took Friedel Pfeiffer and many other men who served in the 10th to go back after the war and really build the ski industry in Aspen. That was very unique. Haas notes working on the book was a trip down memory lane, sharing stories about the Pepke family, who were instrumental in creating what is now the Aspen Institute. I remember the Pepkes when I was young. I used to play in her garden. And um, just going through those years, the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, was just a, a, a wonderful experience for me to go through the memories of that time. Haas says she hopes the book can honor the Aspen community, recognizing the integral parts of its history, from mining to ski racing, the 10th Mountain Division to art and music. It's a really positive outlook on how Aspen became what it is today. And um, for me, this book is what I call the forever book, because it will always be there for people to understand and for generations in the future to understand how Aspen became what it is today. Aspen Journey is available at the Between the Covers bookstore, Hook, Jagged Edge, and the South First Street Art Gallery.
KOTO has said goodbye to amazing intern Grace Richards as she heads back to college. In honor of her departure, we're rebroadcasting a highlight from her summer of reporting. The Telluride Skate Camp teaches lessons in confidence, grit, and courage. Koto reporter Grace Richards dropped into Town Park to see a skate session in action. This story was originally broadcast in July 2023. It's 9 a.m. on a Friday, and the Telluride Skate Park is a beautiful kind of chaos. Everywhere you look, kids careen over the dips and curves of the rolling gray sea of cement, caught in an ephemeral rush of momentum and balance. They wear outrageously colorful knee pads and patterned wrist guards, cheetah print leggings. There's even a fuchsia unicorn horn helmet in the distance. You can hear the squeak of their trucks underfoot, an outcast song playing on distant speakers, and coaches encouraging kids to be brave, to try again when they fall down. Keep doing that, right? Repetition, what's gonna put it in your muscles? Aubrey, nice line, you okay? Are you okay? Okay, then get out of the bowl. (laughs) This is Telluride Skate Camp, a 16 years running program for people of all ages to learn the physics-defying art of skateboarding. Coach and owner of the Drop Board Shop, Craig Wasserman stands in the middle of the fray, guiding a wobbly-kneed child into her center of gravity on the board. Uh, My name is Craig Wasserman. I've been skateboarding pretty much my whole life. Wasserman, a retired art teacher, has been running the program since 2007. A bunch of kids that I started coaching and teaching back in 2007 and, you know, 2008, 2009, they're now my coaches. Skateboarding has long been a male-dominated sport. But I think that's only because a lot of little girls haven't had role models that show them they can do it too. But Wasserman says he sees that changing. With skateboarding in the Olympics, with Sky Brown, with all these young girls going for it, now they're like, oh, I can do that too. There is no shortage of little girls shredding the dips and hills of the skate park. If you count right now, I think there's more girls at camp than there are boys. And that's stepping up the level of skating, and it's also giving girls more confidence to walk tall in the world, too. Two boys crash into each other in a tangle of arms and legs. (laughs) You guys all right? It takes them only a second before they dust off and run after their boards, which have shot in opposite directions. No doubt about it, skateboarding is hard. It takes coordination, consistent practice, and a willingness to fall a lot. A young girl in a purple helmet named Shelby tells me she's been skating for a while. Like eight years. She's taken her share of tumbles. Balls happen. Injuries happen. It's part of the sport. It's different than football. It's different than softball or soccer or other sports kids play where we're just doing this for fun. We're kind of all on the same team. We're not trying to win or even be the best. We're just trying to have a really good time down here and share in the love of this kind of freedom that skateboarding offers. Wasserman says that skating cultivates the soft skills he remembers trying to teach kids in the classroom. Respect and patience and perseverance and dedication and focus and all these wonderful life skills. And skateboarding is so hard that it just teaches those things. So if a kid gets hooked and they start skating and they push themselves to get better, they're going to learn all those awesome life skills. And the 
biggest one that they can learn is dealing with fear. For children, fear often feels bigger than they are. When you get scared, you can either stop what you're doing and not try it, or you can be brave and try it anyways and face your fear. And that's what we teach kids, you know, five years old all the way up through adults. We teach them to face their fears, and then they can go and use that outside the skating room. Skating gives these small children the confidence, scrappiness, and self-esteem to hit that steep drop, shift their weight into a kick turn, or shred the bowl. They learn to look fear dead in the face. Public speaking, foreign language, math class, um, you know, dancing in front of other, like who cares? Whatever it is, they know how to deal with their fear and they can feel confident and walk tall outside the skate park too. I'm KOTO reporter Grace Richards. Don't let your excitement get out of hand, but mayhem is coming to the Pinhead Institute. This Tuesday and Wednesday, the 15th and 16th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., the Pinhead offices will be open for Makerspace Mayhem, Discovery, Design, Develop. A drop-in event to encourage exploration in science, technology, engineering, math, and art. Instructors with diverse backgrounds in robotics, woodworking, painting, math, the culinary arts, and more will be on hand to help folks make mayhem with science and design. The program is free and geared towards middle schoolers. For more, visit pinheadinstitute.org. Recent surveys have found a decrease in child vaccination rates within San Miguel County and the state of Colorado as a whole. Yet vaccines remain the most effective way to prevent infectious disease spread and safeguard the health of all. Now, as the back-to-school season is upon us, San Miguel County Public Health is inviting families to a free health and vaccine clinic. (gasps) Bless you. The back-to-school health fair takes place this Wednesday, August 16th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Miramonte Building on Main Street in Telluride and Thursday, August 17th from 9.30 a.m. to noon at the Glockson Building on Summit Ave in Norwood. Find out more and register at bit.ly smc vaccine. Colorado teens recently met with lawmakers. KOTO's Lucas Brady-Wood says they're focused on transgender rights. Colorado's Youth Advisory Council, which advises lawmakers on policies important to young people, presented six ideas at a meeting at the state capitol last week. The proposals address gun violence research, support for school psychologists, expanding Asian American history education, and access to take-home hygiene products for students. Two proposals relate to transgender youth, including a measure to allow students to change their name on school documents. 16-year-old council member Megan Taylor is from Manitou Springs. She says allowing name changes helps students keep their transgender status private. They're being denied this right to privacy. Students are being denied this right by teachers, administrators, and counselors. They are met with great disrespect and intolerance. The other proposal calls for a new task force and grant program to support gender-affirming care for Colorado youth. Some of the proposals will be sent to the General Assembly for consideration. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. Borough Fest has become an annual tradition in Mancus, Colorado for the past four years. 
this lighthearted event celebrates the link between the hardworking, stubborn animal and their human companions. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KSJD's LP McKay attended the event in June and brings us this audio postcard. Hamilton is just non-pulsed. The competition is not, not, not getting to her nerves. She will do this in her own pace and her own time. My name is Kelly Smith, and this is Hamilton, and this is Coco, and we are up from Yuma, Arizona. We come up with a whole group of Arizona folks and uh, like to do some Burrowfest shenanigans. Uh, is this your first time here? No, we've actually done it since the start. We didn't have our two donkeys the first year, but we borrowed some from some other folks. So we've done it all four years that they've had it. What goes into coming here? Do you do training? What what kind of stuff do you get into? Yes, we do do training with them. We do obstacle course training. I don't know if you noticed that the in the podium, we do a lot of training on urban parks and things where we live. And so we do, we'll, they'll have like sandstone benches and things like that that we teach them to go up and over. We also do the burrow racing. And I'm actually part of a nonprofit called Bray, Burrows Rock, Arizona and Yonder. We've got a couple of other of our board members here today with their donkeys, and so we do the burrow racing, we do obstacle and play days, we do meetups to practice this sort of thing, and we also do some outreach where we take the donkeys around to town and just let people meet them and learn about donkeys. Safety. Oh, and this is close because we have Hamilton finishing best in show. Oh, wait, do I see notice from Freya that I'm trying to make it an for Hamilton here, um, what is his? What was his biggest uh, obstacle? His biggest obstacle to overcome is actually leaving Coco. They're very bonded, and so once we get going, once we get a little bit further away from Coco, and he, I give him a cookie. Once we get far enough away, and he realizes there's snacks to be had, he'll go through pretty quickly. I do usually, especially the first time, we need to let him stop and sniff and look and make sure all the footing's good for him and he knows what he's doing. And as long as I give him a little bit of time to think about it, he's usually pretty good about going over everything. But the key is just let him let him think and let him know it's safe, and then he'll go right along. And how? old is Hamilton? Hamilton is six. National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for cloudy skies tonight with a low near 50 degrees and a chance of scattered showers. Rain is likely to continue throughout the day on Tuesday with a high near 70 degrees. Tuesday night should bring cloudy skies, a low near 50 and a chance of showers. Wednesday calls for a high of 70 degrees and an 80% chance of rain and thunderstorms throughout the day. Showers might linger overnight on Wednesday with otherwise partly cloudy skies and a low near 50. This has been the news for Monday, August 14th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. How many believers we got out there? Who's trying 
This Wednesday marks the final installment of the Sunset Music Series, and it's going to be a good one. It's producer Teddy Erico, and I expect to see all of Telluride up at this show. The Sunset Music Series in its 23rd season is one of the region's great summer traditions held in the town of Mountain Village. Once again, we are trying something new, and that's a gospel soul sound with the sensational Barnes Brothers. A melting pot of the old and new sound, the brothers are going to swarm the entire state of Colorado in August. Don't miss a chance to see them in your own backyard. I mean, they're coming all the way to Mountain Village from Memphis, Tennessee. Attendance is free of charge. Dine-in and to-go meals are available for purchase from many Mountain Village restaurants. Alcoholic beverages purchased from Mountain Village restaurants can also be enjoyed in the common consumption area. Showtime is 6 p.m. and it's on the lawn near Lift 1 in the Sunset Plaza of Mountain Village and it's held rain or shine. Presented by TMVOA and supporting sponsors. Check the full lineup at sunsetmusicseries.com and connect with the Sunset Music Series on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you'd like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.